Welcome to True Enough. We are your hosts. I am Catherine Duvall. And I am Brandon McCowan. True Enough is a podcast about true crime, both solved and unsolved. It's about notorious crimes. It's also about mysteries and the paranormal. On this week's episode, we will be investigating the Spider Gate Cemetery in Leicester, Massachusetts. The Spider Gate Cemetery is also known as the Friends or Quaker Cemetery in Leicester, Massachusetts. The cemetery has a number of legends attached to it. First, it is said to be haunted by a, a young boy who supposedly hung himself from a tree just inside the gates. Next, it's said that Satanists practiced or practiced black magic at the center of the cemetery. There's also a space where no grass grows. And at the Earl Marmaduke grave, it has been said that you can ask him to speak to you and he will respond. Finally, it has also been said that the cemetery itself is the eighth portal to hell. Perhaps some of the frightening legends are due to the tragic past of the Quakers themselves. The Massachusetts Bay Colony of the New World was a Puritan theocratic state in the early 1650s. Puritan leaders did not have much tolerance for people of other religions, and as a result, the Puritan government often persecuted and banished religious outsiders who tried to enter and live in their Puritan towns. Beginning in 1656, members of the newly formed Religious Society of Friends, Quakers, started to arrive in the Massachusetts colony on ships from England, where Quakerism had recently emerged. Quakers who arrived in Boston's harbor demanded to be allowed to live in Massachusetts and practice their own religion freely. They were greeted by intense hostility and were often forced to board the next ship out. The first known Quakers to arrive in Boston and challenge Puritan religious domination were Mary Fisher and Anne Austin. These two women entered Boston Harbor on the Swallow, a ship from Barbados, in July of 1656. The Puritans of Boston greeted Fisher and Austin as if they carried the plague and severely brutalized them. The two were strip-searched, accused of witchcraft, jailed, deprived of food, and were forced to leave Boston on the Swallow when it next left Boston eight weeks later. Shortly after they arrived in Boston, eight more Quakers arrived on a ship from England. This group of eight was imprisoned and beaten. While they were in prison, an edict was passed in Boston that any ship's captain who carried Quakers into Boston would be fined heavily. The Puritan establishment forced the captain who had brought the group of eight Quakers to Boston to take them back to England. Despite the intense persecution of Quaker newcomers by Massachusetts Puritans, Quakers continued to come to Boston in increasingly large numbers and attempted to spread their message by whatever means possible. They came by ship from England and Barbados and by foot from Rhode Island and Pennsylvania and Virginia. Once in Boston, they rose to speak following the Puritan sermons and during trials and shouted from jail cell windows. They published pamphlets and held illegal meetings. They refused to pay fines to the Puritan government and refused to work in jail, with the latter often resulting in the jailers depriving them of food. In all, from 1656 to 1661, at least 40 Quakers came to New England to protest Puritan religious domination and persecution. During those five years, the Puritan persecution 
of Quakers continued with beatings and fines, whippings, imprisonment, mutilation. Many were expelled from the colony only to return again to bear witness to what they believed. One of them, 60-year-old Elizabeth Hooten, returned to Boston at least five times. Boston jails were full of Quakers, and four known executions of Quakers took place in Massachusetts during those five years. Perhaps the most notable to be brutalized and eventually executed by the Massachusetts government for being a Quaker was Mary Dyer. Dyer originally came to Massachusetts in 1633 and settled here with her husband. In 1652, Dyer returned to England, where she was exposed to Quakerism and accepted the Quaker ideals. Five years later, on her way to rejoin her family, who had since moved to Rhode Island, she landed in Boston, along with her two fellow Quakers, William Robinson and Marmaduke Stevenson. The three were at once jailed for being Quakers and were banished from the colony. Dyer left for her family in Rhode Island, but Robinson and Stevenson stayed. Two years later, in 1659, when Robinson and Stevenson were jailed again, along with several other Quakers, Dyer returned to Boston to visit them in jail. She was arrested upon entry, and all were held for two months without bail. Upon their release, they were banished from the colony yet again, but this time under penalty of death. But Robinson and Stevenson refused to leave. In October of that year, Dyer returned to Boston once again to visit another imprisoned friend. This time, Dyer, Robinson, and Stevenson were all jailed and sentenced to death. On October 27th of that year, the three were led to the gallows, and Dyer watched as her two friends were hung. When it came to her turn, she was granted a last-minute reprieve, but refused to climb down from the scaffold until the law banning Quakers was changed. She had to be carried down and was forcibly removed from the colony. Dyer spent the winter in Rhode Island and Long Island, but insisted on returning to Boston the following spring. On May 21st in 1660, she entered Boston and was immediately jailed. She was quickly tried, and on June 1st, 1660, she was hung on Boston Common. The citizens and magistrates of Boston began to grow tired of having to punish the Quakers. As more diverse groups of people landed on the shores of the New World, the persecution of the Quakers by the Puritans began to gradually fade. By 1675, Quakers were freely and openly living and worshipping in Boston. Is the Spider Gate Cemetery haunted? Do Satan worshippers flock there to worship the devil? Will we see spirits from the beyond? Will they speak to us? We'll find out. So we're here in Leicester, Massachusetts. We are parked on an uh, offside in a thicket of, parked in a shoulder in a thicket of bushes that Kate just had to get into on the passenger side to get out of the car. There's like a stone slab, a uh, divider, stone fence. Yeah, so we are coming up on what looks like the Spider Gates Cemetery. Short walk, not too bad. Just taking a couple of pictures. Yeah, Spider Gates, here we are. 
that was unnerving. We just heard like a whistle in the woods. There's a very newish sign posted next to the gates. It's interesting. Gotta say, it doesn't seem very portal to hell-ish here. I do believe that is the tree that a child hung himself from, or a kid, teenager, hung himself from. The, the, the tree as you walk into the cemetery on your left. There seem to be distinct groups of gravestones here. I'm not sure exactly what that means, but... It's not a full cemetery. No, not by any means. Southwick. It's Harrison's, Earl's, Southwick's. That one's new. 2010. Wow. 2000, 1948. 1936. 1875. 1700s. So Brenda and I have kind of gone our separate ways here. If I hear any shouts for help, I will let you know. I have come upon the Earl Marmaduke gravesite that supposedly talks to you. There's a lot of pennies on it. I'm not sure what that signifies. Hello, Earl Marmaduke. Would you like to have a chat with us? I hear an airplane in the distance from the airport. I don't think that's the Earl. I don't think that's Earl Marmaduke. Love your name, though. Awesome. Good times. There are these flat stones that the meeting house that used to be here was... I don't think this was a meeting house. But there was a meeting house here. There were the flat stones with the foundation. Where the flat stones were the foundation? Yeah. Oh. I didn't think this actually was a meeting house. Supposedly, satanic cults come here. I see no evidence of that, like, whatsoever. It is interesting that there do seem to be four posts in this area. The cemetery is kind of, it's like on, there's, if you stand in the middle, there's, uh, it's kind of on a peak. So there are little slopes on every side. And if you stand at the top of the peak, there are four kind of stones in the ground um, at all four corners. So it's, I don't know. Kind of short, monolithic. Yeah, very short. I mean, they're the same height as gravestones, but they don't appear to be gravestones. 
because they're more square and they have no writing on them. But again, I don't see anything that... Ooh, I just tripped over a root. <laughs> I don't see anything that would... That would make it seem like there was a portal to hell here. I don't know. I don't know who came up with that. I'm calling bullshit on that. <laughs> Apologies for my language. People, if there is someone here who would like to speak with us... We're happy to listen. Anyone? There's a newish American flag on a gravestone for... Yes, uh, for someone who died in 1939. Was a rear admiral in the Navy? Yes, U.S. Navy. But there's really nothing to suggest anything nefarious here. Uh, I know that Quakers in Massachusetts have had a long and rocky history, um, which you will have heard about in our in the previous uh, recording. But first, how come that warrants a quarter and other people have pennies? I'm confused about the monetary denominations here on the gravestones. I'm not really sure what they signify. I see a gravestone that looks pretty old, so I'm walking over to it to see if there are dates on it. Wow. Revolutionary War. C. Earl, T. Earl, and R. Earl. No dates on it. But I would think one of the earliest stones here. Mm. A lot of Southwicks and a lot of Earls. But interesting. Earls, Southwicks, Harrisons, Wheelers. Seem like the big families in the cemetery. Now it does look like there was something on that end of the cemetery though. There are these posts with their rock posts outside of the stone wall of the cemetery that appear to have holes in them. There's about eight stone posts that look like they would have supported a foundation. Or uh, walls, rather. Or some sort of structure. One of them has fallen down. Is it maybe an extended part of the cemetery at one point? I don't know. But there's a further stone wall down there that goes all the way down. What's that? I don't know. What are we looking at? The red thing? Looks like a sign. Oh, okay. We can go down and try to see if you want. Just remember the mud socks. There's a trail over here. Watch yourself there. Speaking of someone who just did that a few minutes ago. So we found a path on the other side of the cemetery. Someone's been smoking here. It's a cigarette butt. 
So we're walking down this path. Ouch. Oh, I'm not sure that it leads anywhere. It doesn't lead the way we wanted it to, where we wanted it to go, but... Oh, it goes way down here on the other side of the stone wall. But it also says, keep out no trespassing, (laughs) public drinking supply watershed. So we're not going to go down there (laughs) because I don't want to be prosecuted for trespassing. But it doesn't go where, where we were looking to go, unfortunately, so... So this is an active cemetery. But as far as it being the portal to hell or Earl Marmaduke speaking to anyone, um, we can safely say that none of that is true. <laughs> this is just a cemetery for Quakers who had very tragic history in the early portion in the early part of Massachusetts history and were persecuted for their beliefs. But there's no portal to hell. Yes, I can say the cemetery is very lovingly tended to. Aside from the cigarette butt on the other side of the cemetery, there's not one piece of trash. It's very nice. Thank you, everyone. Sorry to disturb your eternal slumber. The gates themselves were meant to emulate the rays of the sun. I don't see it. (laughs) I really don't either. I don't really see the spider aspect either. It just looks like bad art deco to me. Yes. But all in all, I'm not really sure it was worth coming all the way down here. I'm just saying. I feel kind of stupid. <laughs> and that is going to end my recording. Spidergate Cemetery was a little disappointing for me. I really kind of thought, I mean, I didn't want one of us to fall through the portal to hell or anything, but I I would have liked something to happen. So yeah, a little disappointing. I think um, visiting it in the daytime was maybe uh, something that killed expectations. Well, unfortunately we can't, you can't visit it at night legally uh, because it does close at dusk. So I'm not much of a lawbreaker. Right. So I wasn't about to wander through the creepy woods. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to get arrested for this podcast. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Slacker. (laughs) But yeah, I I was just disappointed that it, you know, there was nothing, nothing, no sign of satanic worship, no sign of anything. And it occurred to me after. Uh, we finished the uh, investigation that perhaps the Quakers themselves created all those rumors to keep people out of the cemetery. 
that's one possibility. I was thinking when I was walking into it and then walking out of it um, later on, I was thinking that I can understand at night how this could be creepy, how this could. Yes. There's some... wind, there's animals. It, it, you, you walk into it down this path surrounded by relatively thick forest that, you know, at night anything can pop out of. Right. Right. I mean, and it's also, it's very close to the airport. I don't know how active that airport is at night. So for all I know, people hearing things in the woods could very well have been stuff from the airport. Right. So I think it's a lot of it is, is atmosphere. I agree. Um, I agree. But, uh, as far as like feeling anything, like I, I was quote unquote open to uh, a, a supernatural experience when I was there, but I did not get the Me slightest. Neither. Nothing, not even a, an uneasy feeling. Right. Nothing. Right. It was very pleasant. <laughs> it was. It was. As cemeteries go, it was a very pleasant, peaceful place to be. Except for the cigarette butt outside the perimeter of the cemetery. It was actually, I thought. Yes. It's kind of well kept. Very well kept. Very well kept. I agree. Yeah, I it's agree. Uh, and it was just it was it was a, a nice like hike, light hike to yeah. to it. Uh, yeah, I, I just didn't. It's 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 funny because like I've talked about this before. We lean into this stuff and really we really do want to see something supernatural, something that we can't explain, and we we look for it when we do these when we investigate these types of cases, but. Again, two for two. Yeah. <laughs> or zero for two, rather. Zero for two. It has not happened. Right. So disappointing. I don't, and I don't want our podcast to become like we, we, we find, we look for a paranormal case and we debunk it. No, I don't want that to happen. But it I just, don't want that to happen either. Right. But that's kind of turning out the way it's going. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I'm, I'm all for verifying whether, you know, these, whether we feel as if these experiences are actually real. And in, the Bridgewater case, along with this one, I think things that have been heard and in, in the woods and noises and stuff like that can all be attributed to something in nature. So I, I don't really, I, I'm calling bullshit on the legends and the portal to hell. And I don't think there are any Satan worshipers trotting in there. If, if this is the eighth portal to hell, what's like the seventh children's park like <laughs> i know it, it, that would be from as we have discussed previously that would be a very strange place to have an eighth portal to hell yeah but i don't know like what i didn't see a portal i didn't see like a portal type like like a, a apparatus or or, no. or design or, or, a, or a setup of anything maybe no. the, maybe the rocks those posts that that were at one time supporting a structure but that's 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 easily explainable. It didn't feel like that. Even that, looking at that, I was like, "That's not a portal. That's just that's a square." Just a square. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agree. So I I am I hesitate to say that any of those legends about that cemetery are true. Um, I, I really feel as if we have very much debunked that. And well, I wouldn't say. I mean, I wouldn't even go far as debunking it. I just don't think we have found reason to believe these rumors and these stories about it. Um, I'm so I'm not convinced uh, of its reputation. I don't think the reputation no, has merit. That's a good point. I would like if someone has a firsthand account of experiencing something at the cemetery. I would like to hear it. Right. I would like to hear it as well. I would very much like to be proved wrong. Yes. About uh, all of this. Yes. Um, and then again, maybe just because nothing happened when we were there, maybe that doesn't mean that 
other stuff doesn't happen. I doubt it, but um, I, I feel like one or the both of us would have had an eerie feeling or would have felt like we were being watched or something like that, but nothing. Didn't even feel like that was, that was being watched. That's no, like... nothing. <laughs> nothing. And and I wasn't walking as a skeptic. I really wanted like, to see something happen. Yeah. And sadly, that is true enough that we we can't really prove that the legends are true. And we had zero experiences at the Spidergate Cemetery. Agreed. That's that's true enough. This ends this episode of True Enough. This episode was produced, written, and edited by your co-hosts, Catherine Duvall and Brandon McCowan. Thanks go out to our sources, which are listed in our show notes. True Enough is created by us and distributed through Anchor. You can find us on Anchor at anchor.fm slash true-enough. From there, you can message us, or you can now email us at trueenoughnation at gmail.com. So please send us your questions, thoughts, opinions, and hate mail about any of our episodes. Also, please subscribe to us in whichever podcast app you like, so you don't miss our next episode, where we try to determine what is true enough to be believed.